Hi guys, welcome back to the kitchen table. My name's Iman. My pronouns are they, them, she. My name is Emily. She, they pronouns. My name is Natalia. She's serious with a dash of ella. <laughs> that gets me every time. So this week we're going to be talking about decolonizing your pussy. Yes, you heard that right. Um, it's it's quite a mouthful, but um, I'm really excited for this week's episode. Shout out to my therapist because she, m- me and her really, you know, mm-hmm. we're unpacking. And I have some, you know, excerpts from All About Love by Bell Hooks that we're just going to collectively ponder about that I think fit perfectly with this week's episode. Um, so before we kind of get into the episode, I just want, um, I want us to first talk about virginity, how you guys view mm-hmm. virginity, um, how has it impacted your life, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, who would like to, you know? Ooh, it seems so private. <laughs> <laughs> I need some time to think. So if you want, if you could go first. Mm, okay, I could start. Um, I grew up in a very strict Hispanic household, mm-hmm. um, and my mom got married when she was, like, 20 uh, to her first husband, and she kind of, like, saved herself from marriage, and so, like, growing up, like, you don't really have sex um, mm-hmm. until you're married, and also you don't even, you can't even wear tampons, like, that's how strict my mom was, mm-hmm. so uh, she always taught it, like, you know, like, you know, sex is for marriage, it's like intimacy, and honestly, that didn't work out for me, but, <laughs> you know, you live life, don't regret it, um, and I realized that, like, virginity is such a social contract, like, people make it seem like losing your virginity is such a big deal, and don't get me wrong, it is a, it's a deal, it is a big deal, but I think, like, they make it out to seem like you have to do it, um, at a certain time, at a certain place, with the right person, at the right... Mm-hmm. Like, I really thought that I had to lose my virginity at, like, a fancy hotel with the mm-hmm. right... With, like, someone who I know is going to be my husband. No. Didn't even... That didn't even happen. Like, I fantasized about losing my virginity in the most romantic way possible. Mm-hmm. But, like, it, it never turns out like that, I feel like. And mm-hmm. I don't know. I think it's such a... Such a huge social contract. Like, it does, it, what is virginity? Like, right. like, is it when your cherry pops? Like, what is it? Like, what do people... And some people consider, like, oral sex losing mm-hmm. your virginity because mm-hmm. that's a type of sex. Right. So it's really, like, up to an individual to determine when they have lost their virginity. But mm-hmm. for me, you know, it was penetration. And, you know, I don't really regret it with who I did it and how I did it. But, mm-hmm. you know, at the end of the day, like... I think sex should be liberating. It shouldn't be like you lost a part of yourself to someone, you know? Mm-hmm. That's how I feel. Yeah, similar to Natalia, I... Well, sex wasn't really talked about in my house. Like, I knew about sex, um, virginity in a way, at a young age, you know, media stuff. And then, like, my mom gave me a very vague answer. My mom also, like, still believed in a virginity kind of concept. You know, don't wear tampons until you have sex, etc. But I feel like I was, I did a lot of research on my own about virginity just because I was such a curious kid, especially with like sex and like intimacy. And then I soon realized I'm like, okay, you know, people have a lot of experiences. And I was, I never had a fear associated with virginity, but I knew like 
I wanted to make sure I trusted my intuition when it mm-hmm. was the right, quote unquote, right time to like have, you know, my virginity, you know, do it or whatever. So, um, but yeah, I think I was definitely the type of person who like I waited till I felt comfortable with the person like I quote unquote lost my virginity to. But sorry. But honestly, I don't believe in it. I still feel like it I don't know, I, I don't have much like vivid traumas with it, but I do know like it was just I don't know, I think it was such an exchange of energy. So I knew like whoever I was going to do with for the first time. And I mean like in terms of penetration. Uh, yeah, your girl was dotting and bopping with oral sex. So <laughs> but in terms of penetration, um, yeah, I just knew like, okay, you know, whoever I do it with, I'll do it on my own type of timing. And especially in the just for the simple fact, like I could go I could get pregnant. <laughs> so I was like, you know, I wanna make sure like I'm being responsible at this moment. Um but yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, I think for me, I was also like I I feel like I grew up in such a like sex negative culture that like one sex is not considered as a way to experience pleasure. So I think right off the bat, like the fact that masturbation and just other forms of sex, like oral sex are considered like a sin um, in like my household, in my community, was just very traumatizing one. Um, But me being me, I I never like took that seriously because I was like, there's, I always, and I I, like vividly remember asking my mom like, but why why is oral sex okay for men and not women? Like why can't like, it just that always never that never made sense to me um and then i feel like my with penetration i my first the first person i had sex with was not a cis like a cis hat man um was a femme presenting person someone who also had a vagina um and so i think that really made me um kind of rethink my um just understanding of what virginity is um because i i realized that if i considered myself a virgin then essentially i would be invalidating Mm -hmm. queer sex and i think sex is not about penetration it's not about like these quote-unquote acts it's really if you're exchanging energy with someone like you're engaging in a sexual act i remember like i taught a sex ed course with um like a certified um sexologist and she was basically talking about how essentially like um sex is when you experience pleasure you can have sex with yourself you masturbate. That's mm-hmm. sex. You can have sex with two people. You can have sex with three people. You can have sex with how many people you want. Um, and then so that was like, I was like, okay, this is something that I prescribe to. Like, this is an understanding of sex that I prescribe to. But um, recently, my therapist has fucked my shit up. And we're unpacking <laughs> my trauma with penetration and just how um, that in some ways, I I feel like penetration, one, because of the way that like, in my so in my culture, um, before you get married, you're basically forced to um, undergo some sort of like medical um, examination that proves that you are still a virgin. Um, this is obviously not backed up by any science because, as we know, virginity is a myth. Um, some people are born with or without a hymen. That's just like the logistical, like this is those are facts. Um, regardless of the facts, that's still a tradition and a practice that happens in my community, which is really unfortunate and. Um, just results in a lot of women and femme people experiencing rape, sexual assault, abuse if they are, quote-unquote, not seen as virgins. And some of them could be virgins, but they're not perceived as virgins because mm-hmm. they don't bleed when they have sex for the first time. So 
Um, and, like, I literally vividly remember, like, hearing stories about cousins and, like, family friends who, like, were literally, like, raped after, like, they found out that they were not virgins. And so, like, hearing all that really traumatic shit and then, like, almost experiencing, trying to experience penetration um, with someone who was just not in tune sexually with themselves or with me was just ultimately very traumatic. Um, and so I was just, you know, unpacking whether I really subscribe to this um, concept of virginity, and I don't, but it's something that we can very much internalize. Mm -hmm. And that's where the whole concept of decolonize your pussy came up with, because mm -hmm. me and my therapist were talking about how it's like, you really have to decolonize your sex practices in your um, mm -hmm. intimacy, because if you truly believe that, like, your virginity is, like, tied to your worth, then, like, mm -hmm. of course this act of sex is going to be traumatizing. So... Then my next question to y'all is, like, when did you guys kind of differentiate, like, what was taught to you about virginity versus what you found true? Like, what was that experience like? What was that process like? Um, yeah. Can you repeat the question again? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, so basically, I guess, so we talked about kind of um, your history, like, background with each of our backgrounds with virginity. So when was, like, the moment where you're, like, this doesn't fucking make any sense to me? Like, what mm. you were taught about virginity didn't make sense to you. How was that experience emotionally, like, as a femme-presenting person? What did that feel like? What did that entail? Like, uh, unpacking and decolonizing your pussy. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's a pretty packed question. It is. Yeah. I'm just trying to think, like, was there a moment? It doesn't have to be, like, also a specific moment. It could just okay. be, like... a maybe a journey that I you went on first okay okay um i think a moment or period where like i kind of realized like okay this is all bullshit i mean i think it was or not that it was bullshit but it was like okay it really just depends on the person i remember the first time i was going to engage for the first time through with penetration and like i couldn't like mentally i wasn't there like i wasn't able to like my body was just saying like no like we cannot do this at this right time and i think like it just i think at that moment i learned like okay no matter what like even if it's like someone you trust even if it's like someone who's comforting you in the process who's not pressuring you at all it's really just a mental state that when you are comfortable and engaging in this act it will happen by yourself and also as well like um I was very open about like, you know, experiencing pleasure by myself before I engaged in any activities with someone else, like mm -hmm. sexually. So I think throughout moments like that too, I was like, okay, I know like I don't have to depend on anybody for my own personal pleasure. So I think during those moments, I'm like, okay, this is all bullshit. Like I don't have to have like someone else in the room with me for me to experience pleasure mm -hmm. and i also like i know no matter what like i have to listen to my body listen to my mind and like t and see what it what it tells me at that moment if i'm ready to do something like this and yeah. it's not like i'm gonna do it like after prom like uh, this and that in a hotel room like it's not gonna be at an exact moment you can't really plan it mm -hmm. and i think kind of like our society like socializes femme folks and like you have to do your virginity like this and like like what Natalia was saying like 
kind of romanticizing, like, oh, I want to lose it in my end of a hotel. This, and that's perfect. If, and if that works out for you, go ahead, babes. But I just think, like, you know, we just get fed a lot of fantasies. And I think it's just really up to who you are as a person and how you move about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is so true. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like... And I think it's also the media that makes it, like, portrays it to be, like, this magical moment. Yeah. But, like, my first time hurt. I <laughs> shit. Like, I was bleeding. I it hurt. I'm like, this is not fun. Like, and it <laughs> was that? This is what the girlies was talking about? Yeah. <laughs> I was telling him on that last night. <laughs> and, like, it wasn't even in a hotel or a place romantic either. So it's kind of like, ugh. And honestly, I feel like for me, the moment I kind of, or not even the moment, but I think the time when I realized, you know, like, this is just fucking fake, Mm -hmm. is literally coming to college, which is weird because I had already lost my virginity before then, but I think... I I think, like, one, I couldn't even talk about sex or, you know, virginity or anything in my household. And in high school, you would think that everybody was out here fucking bitches getting money. But I went to a very, like, <laughs> nerdy high school. Like, everybody was on their school shit and grind. And surprisingly, everybody was low-key virgins. Like, mm. like there was one incident where like someone gave head and it was like the biggest news in school and in my head i'm like that's nothing (laughs) at least for me like that's nothing like what head please been there done that gave more come on and so (laughs) you know people knew i was in a relationship in high school and stuff but like nobody asked me my experience or like Mm -hmm. you know and i also didn't feel comfortable sharing in high school because nobody nobody was talking about not even that nobody had experienced it but myself Mm -hmm. and you know like Mm -hmm. i was like in a group of four and we were like the fantastic four like we were always together but none of them had experienced penetration or any of that like I don't want to say I was ahead of my time because it's not even being ahead like I think also there's like this myth of like oh the more you get the more cooler you are in terms of sex yeah and that's not even true like you know what I mean but mm-hmm. in high school I was one of the first to have such an intimate sexual experience and it was really hard because nobody could understand Mm -hmm. and i think we all had like immature mentalities of like ooh, like she had sex like crazy she's gonna get pregnant like it was like we were so childish and it's crazy to think we were in high school but nobody Mm -hmm. nobody nobody had education on it the way i did because i went to uh, elementary and middle school where they taught sexual education after school. That's amazing. That I even became a sex educator in my high school years and like taught back in the same school. So I had more experience than all of them. I knew about STIs. I knew about STDs. I knew how to put on a condom. Half these boys didn't. Like, <laughs> you know? So it wasn't until I came to college where I started meeting like-minded people who had who either had experience or was open to the experience or was even knowledgeable about mm-hmm. it that were like, oh, that's nothing. That's cool. Congrats. Or, you know, I hope you had fun. Or, did like, <laughs> how was your experience? Like, you know, so I think that's kind of the moment. I think college, it was, it was good to talk about it and not mm-hmm. feel judged, um, but also relate to some people or hear what other people want to do or their own experiences. So, yeah. yeah. I think it's very um, it's very interesting to hear everyone's like trajectories. I feel like in high school, I wasn't 
I didn't necessarily like I don't even remember talking about sex really that much um but I, I, I had the emotional intelligence. Like, again, just as a curious person, I would, like, do research and yeah, just, like, mm-hmm. search up, like, like I like I knew about aftercare, like, yeah. as a junior. Mm-hmm. Um, and as, like, junior, sophomore. And so mm-hmm. I never really, like, talked much about sex. And it was crazy because I would have so many friends who would, like, be in relationships. And then they would come talk to me about their relationships and their sexual Bro. problems. And yes. I'd be sitting here and talking. Like, <laughs> yes. I thought I was a certified sex therapist. And I'd be like, okay, maybe, like, you guys should, like, you yeah. know, like, try to, you yep. know, like, kiss or make out. Or, mm-hmm. like, you know, what do you like? And I'm like, I don't, I never had, didn't, I didn't experience mm-hmm. penetrative sex. Or at that point, I had only had, like, I'd, like, you know, made out with a girl when I was 10 years old, like, at that point, and maybe had some kisses here and there, but that was it. So, I feel like it wasn't until freshman year, <laughs> uh, senior year of high school and freshman year of college, freshman year of college, where I really realized that, like, penetration is something I want to experience, but it was also very hard for me to experience it because I was still subscribing, not necessarily because I wanted to, but because I think because of the multifaceted identities that I had, it was just so complicated to think about, oh, like, my identity, and what does it mean to, like, have penetration or have sex, and what will people think? And I think that's also, like, a very, it was a very pivotal moment for me because I was just, like, sex is not about what other people think because they're not experiencing it with you. Like, you're the one there. Um, And so I feel like, also, when I got into my first, like, serious queer relationship, I was just, like, if I really believe that, like, virginity is a thing, then why does the, why do these acts of sex feel so good? Why does this feel so intimate? And I'm feeling pleasure. And so that's when I knew, like, you know, virginity is not a thing. But, like, I was still, like, oh, my God, penetration. Um, and I always felt very overly sexual, like, in my community, in the context of who I grew up with, like, I felt like I was just, um, overly sexual, but then I also felt as, like, a fraud, because I felt like I didn't have the space to kind of, you know, explore intimacy with men, because men in high school are fucking assholes, one, they're assholes, and two, they're misogynistic, and three, they fetishize you like shit, Mm -hmm. and four, they're just mean and, like, rude, and so, I was caught in between, like, feeling undesirable but feeling overly sexual and not knowing what to do and yes. what to say or, what you know, how to, like, process that. But then I came to college and I met y'all and I felt like that was very different because we're all, all very honest and transparent about our sex lives, which I feel like has been very important for me to be surrounded by other fun people who are, like, very liberated when it comes to sex and pleasure. And I think that that has pushed me to be a more sex positive person. Yeah, and I think it's very natural for us, you know, to like even sit here and be like, you know, I am aware that like virginity is a social construct, but also like, you know, admitting that like there are moments, like I remember the first time like I engaged in like self-pleasure, I felt so guilty. Like I felt disgusted with myself and I didn't, I remember like, whenever I would do this act, I wouldn't do it till like almost six months later and like do it again. And then I was like, oh my God, like why am I doing, but it feels, it felt so right in my body. So also, you know, like also holding that space where it's like, it's not just a perfect picture, you know, there are moments, like I remember engaging the first time with like 
a cishet man and I felt like icky inside. I was like, bro, the first time like I gave oral to a man, girl, I went home, I brushed my teeth. I was like, oh, I was like, this is disgusting. <laughs> I was like, eh. <laughs> I was brushing my teeth oh like my I God. never had before. So, you know, um, I think the patriarchy is <laughs> lives in us all and For it's real. really, really hard to like, again, decolonize this pussy because we're just so socialized mm-hmm. as femme folks within this patriarchal system. Mm-hmm. And it's, it, it's very frustrating. And then don't even get me started with how it comes into like queer dynamic. <sighs> I, I wanted to ask y'all like, when like, so I mean, all of us here have been like sexually active and whatnot. And so I just wanted to ask about like, how do you feel like in these sexual acts? Because I, I think very, patriarchy very much can impact, mm-hmm. you know, literally how you're having sex. Because I would be yeah. hearing comments like, oh, like, I'm not going to fuck her if she doesn't shave her pussy. Like, yeah. And I'll be like, bro, what the fuck? Like, that doesn't make any sense. You have hair on your balls and I still be licking that shit. <laughs> so what's the issue? No, what's literally. The issue? So, like, how do you guys as like femme people how did you do you hopefully you guys don't experience this in your Mm -hmm. intimacy Mm -hmm. in your like sex lives anymore but how did you guys deal with things like that and how did you take charge of Mm. your pleasure as a femme presenting person knowing that patriarchy can be very much present when you have sex yeah i mean i can agree i mean i'll speak from my experience i feel like um I don't know how comfortable I feel sharing too too much. <laughs> <laughs> Not too much now. <laughs> um, but I feel I'll just say it like this. I think in my previous relationship, I felt like I our intimacy was always catered to him. Mm-hmm. If that makes mm-hmm. you'll get the gist. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I used to think like this is how sex is supposed to be. Like I mm-hmm. didn't even know that I could have been pleasured or catered to as well. Um, individually or like in my own way Um, and it took me like a lot of healing after the breakup to really realize like I deserved way more intimacy or I deserved better whatever the case may be but you know it just sucked I didn't I thought this was the norm and I think it also just didn't help the way I was raised and like seeing the women in my life always catering to men that I thought Mm -hmm. oh just like they cater to them like you know, bringing them their plate or, um, you know, doing their laundry is the same way in sex, which is not wrong. I feel like the older generation, you know, definitely did that. And I didn't have to see a video or anything for me to be like, oh, this, I have to cater even in sex. Like men always are the one pleasured. Um, and I think it definitely hindered the experience, the sexual experiences I've had and things like that. And I think, like, it made me, you know, definitely being single for a period of time made me realize, okay, now this is what I want in terms of intimacy. This mm-hmm. is how I want people to show up for me. And mm-hmm. these are my non-negotiable. Like, yeah. you know, I personally hate men who be like, I ain't eating the cootie cat, blah, 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 whatever. Suck my dick. <laughs> um, right. So for me, I definitely knew that I wanted to seek a partner who would cater to my pleasure as much as I catered to his, you know? Yeah. And, yeah, I think it took time to fi- figure that out and mm-hmm. learn that within myself. But I, it took me a minute because I had no one to talk to in high school. Mm. Yeah. I, when you said that question, I, I don't know if everybody was also on the Flow period app. 
but they had an anonymous chat on the app. And it was, I don't even know, it was just all types of people there, like them folks. I don't even know. Anybody can join the app. And they were just, it was literally like an anonymous chat. And they will have like sex tips, questions, like how do you experience pleasure? Like do you believe like in virginity? And it was just be, it was just, be a bunch of like anecdotes of like people's experience and stuff and i think being that anonymous chat and just reading like personal personal anecdotes and not like depending on pornography or you know like media and stuff mm-hmm. i i learned so much and i and through those chats i was like I, I gained some i gained a lot of awareness of my own self-autonomy as a person i i was like I stated, like I was very familiar with my own self-pleasure on my own type of timing. So I knew that I wanted to make sure like no matter what, like my needs were catered to. And of course, like I found myself ha- found myself having moments like in my past relationship where I would cater to the patriarchy, like to kind of, I don't know, I feel like as femme folks, we have been in a way indoctrinated to like please our partners, especially like masculine partners to kind of like just prove like something i don't know i I don't have the words for it right now Mm -hmm. but like kind of like prove something for them and i did definitely found myself doing that for a while and that's why i had to like i reflected a lot also after my breakup and i'm like "Hmm, why did i do that why did i feel the need to like have sex with him at that moment did i want to do it or did i feel like i had to do it Mm -hmm. so i it was it was definitely tricky it was definitely and then it gets even more complicated because like I like I only really engage sexually with men who I have feelings for. So I was just it was just so weird. Like and I think it's an ongoing battle. Like I keep going back and forth, even even though that has happened like more than like two years ago. But I think now too, like I even see it in my queer dynamics. I'm like sometimes for folks who for queer folks who do adhere to like masculine and feminine roles, mm-hmm. very binary. Ugh. Some of the queers are still in the chokehold. Anyway, um, I do find myself like kind of I, I actively try to challenge that while I'm being sexually intimate. But I still have seen like some other folks still don't challenge that like colonization of like intimacy themselves. So mm-hmm. it's just interesting. It's very interesting. And also like how do you even point that out? Yeah, it's complicated. Because I yeah, I've. I went through that um, in my, like, first queer relationship where, one, I felt like even though, I don't I don't know, like, I I was engaging in hookup culture, but I still felt like mm-hmm. I had to, okay, like, I had to wax, I had to have the toes yeah. wired, like, I had yeah. to do all this shit. And, you know, m- the person I was fucking with was, like, mask presenting or identified as mask presenting, and I noticed that there was no emphasis for them to adhere to that same shit. Yeah. Um, and that very much showed up in our sex life because, like, I feel like there was just certain limitations on what we could do. Like, I bought mm-hmm. a strap, and I was really excited. Like, I was still experiencing a lot of trauma mm-hmm. in relation to um, penetration, but I was very excited to experience that, and at least, like, I wanted my partner to experience yeah. that, and it was just kind of like, I remember my ex sitting down and having a conversation with me and being like, you know, like, I typically gravitate towards, like, more femme people, and this is when I shaved my head, and I was like exploring my gender identity and to hear that felt like a slap in the face because one Mm -hmm. is like i'm in this journey alone like Mm -hmm. my other my friends at the time all identified as cis so i felt completely alone in that journey and then the person who was supposed to be there for me 
it was like, oh, basically, you, I don't find you attractive anymore because you're not fem enough. And I'm like, mm. what? That's sick in the head because you got a coochie, I got a coochie. We still bump coochies at the end of the day. Yeah. So what's the issue? Mm. Like, um, So I just found that very interesting. And I think that like even after my ex, I still, when I was engaging in sex, I just felt like, oh, my God, I have to, like, you know. Do this, do that. Do this and that. And it wasn't until... Shout out to this girl I met on Tinder where <laughs> she let me strap her. And oh, it was, shout out to her. She's uh, one of my faves. No, she's literally <laughs> my fave. My fave. <laughs> oh, my God. And I really felt like I had authentic, safe, pleasurable, decolonized sex with her. And I had an ex- a sexual experience with an older woman after her. And it was so crazy because I thought I was attracted to her. And I'd be sitting there and I was like... I don't even feel like I don't even I'm not even attracted to this like and that sucks mm. and it's very shitty but like it's just I think it's really important to be in tune and aware of how like just colonization and, and gender binaries impact your mm-hmm. um sex life and I I think that like if you're still healing and you're still figuring that out just be transparent with your partners like I think yeah. that's the best thing that you could do because then I feel like I felt the weight of, like, having to, like... Like, in my queer first queer relationship, I had to wear the lingerie. I had to initiate sex. And then when I mm-hmm. was, like... My partner was basically, like, oh, I'm not, like, sexually yeah. attracted to you. I felt so shitty. Like, I mm-hmm. felt like I failed as a partner because I was, like, damn, my... Like, because femme people are really taught that their worth lies in their sexuality and, yeah. and mm-hmm. their, like, whether that. they're desired or not. And I think it's so important for us to experience love and intimacy where you're not just seen as an object. Like... Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. Um, and also, just to add on too, like, I feel like, especially, I don't know, I feel like, especially for men too, like, I feel like they really have to reflect on, like, how they perpetuate the patriarchy mm-hmm. in their own, like, sex lives. Like, mm. and it gets me so tight because I, I'm such a, like, I feel like everyone in this room is so emotionally aware and I'm, I love that for us, but like, it just makes it so frustrating when you're so aware, but then you want to engage in, with, folks but you're like damn you're so fucking stupid bro like you're so hard-headed like you are performing so bad right now and damn i i ain't gonna give you some of this coochie like i really not yeah it's great i'm honestly just add on like i've never been told by a partner like oh you need to go buy lingerie or oh you need to get your um pussy wax but like i always felt like it was an obligation yeah mm-hmm. and one thing people don't talk about is the money spent doing all of it <laughs> and that, that shit Bro. is expensive as an econ major the finances ain't financing <laughs> because how are you and, and, i mean thankfully i haven't been requested but like mm-hmm. how do men expect women to do all this if you're not paying you're not paying for first of all getting your coochie wax is like 50 beans now um yes. in the european wax center let alone you know savage x fenty you know she'd be having the sales but still you know mm-hmm. and, and then like, getting your toes done like and ooh, that one kills me every time because i remember growing up where it was like 20 dollars for a pedicure now it's like 60 70 yeah. 50 dollars just for a pedicure then you got you got to get your nails done mm-hmm. you want to get like some good claws so you can hold them dick and yeah. that shit is expensive too like i don't know i think that there's so much that goes into um you know performing in that way mm-hmm. um not even just emotionally and physically but like financially as well and, yeah. and that's something people don't even 
talk about or mention like lingerie isn't cheap it's not it's not cheap and also the confidence to even do that and feel yeah. confident after that is also another aspect that people don't really mention and you know what something that I, i'm so glad you brought this up because something that i realized is i would be out here wearing these like fucking first of all some of these laundries aren't even comfortable one that's one because i very <laughs> I much could be wearing my granny panties and we could just get the shit over with but no i like to very much take care and intent like i like to have care and intent present in my sex in in mm-hmm. intimacy and so like i would just like i would walk out in the laundry and then my ex would just not say it and i'm like do you not understand the labor the effort that mm-hmm. i just had to put into this and so that's I'm like you me. better get on your fucking knees right now and praise me. What are you talking about? No, and I feel like I need your eyes dropping. <laughs> no, no for, real. for real. Because I feel like also like mass presenting people and men just like I don't know, like they think that they're again, like fan people are very much obligated to do this shit for them. Mm-hmm. And we're not. We're fucking not. Like, yeah. I am not no. Yeah. You you're gonna pay for my fucking Savage X money? That's a fact. And it's not, and some men don't be doing the bare minimum. Like, some, I would be lucky if they even shower. Because some (laughs) of these men be tasting like battery acid. Yeah, Um, bro. Oh, I'm not even going to say my two cents, but anyway. Yeah. Ah! No, no names. No name dropping. No names. But But again, like, you know who it is, though. The obligations that. Ah! That's all I got to say. I will say, though. My boyfriend now, he's a good carousel. I love that for you, friend. He don't use that three in one, huh? No. no. I, he knew that before we even met, so I was glad. Shout out to him. Uh, uh, yeah, it's just, oh my God. Oh my, ugh. that just reminded me, like, I remember, of course, like, I enjoyed doing it at the time, but, like, I remember whenever I would pay my nails, I would pay my nails every week. I would literally ask my ex, like, oh, what color should I pay my nails? And, like, he would pick my color out, and I would wear that color. And I'm like, when did he, like, go out and was like, oh, babe, like, should I get this, like, haircut? Like, does this look better on me? Like, which one would you want to see on me? No. 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 I definitely felt that because I would do that, too. I'd be like, oh, what color? White yeah. or blue? <laughs> and you see, like, and again, like, that's when I also knew, too. I was like, I'm, so, I have so much, I pay so much, I pay, I pay attention to so much detail mm-hmm. with, like, how I experience it into me, how I, how I want to show affection and I didn't feel like that until, like, I was in a queer dynamic. And I was like, damn, either I really, men are trash or, like, I'm just fully queer. And, of course, my attraction for men is still there. But, like, you, I just, I don't know. I, I just haven't seen that reciprocation from men. That That's fair. I honestly think it's just the wrong person. Yeah, yeah. because I'm in the queer dynamic and <laughs> I was still feeling that way. And I was like, if men ain't shit... And bitches ain't shit, so what's going on here? Like, I really do think, like, the right person just yeah. makes any experience mm-hmm. yeah. that you have in life just 25 times better. And I feel like the right person doesn't even have to be someone as, who's, like, like this, like, you know, fantasy. I feel like it's just someone who respects you. Mm-hmm. Oh, speaking of respect, bell hooks. Hold on. There's a quote. I'm so sorry, guys. Why are you finding the quote? Has anybody lately been seeing the TikToks of everybody pulling? They're all about love. Bell hooks. Yes. And it's like trendy. Yeah. Now. I was just talking to someone. I'm about to tell her, tell her, uh, tell her name later after the podcast. But we were just that talking about that. And I was like, girl, we've been on that shit. Like, no, for this real. Bell hook hey. shit. Uh, okay, but this is the quote. 
Um, it's on page 14 if you're curious, uh, if you want to read along. So if we were constantly remembering that love is as love does, we would not use the word in a manner that devalues and degrades its meaning. When we are loving, we openly and honestly express care, affection, responsibility, respect, commitment, and trust. Mm. I feel like, Oof. I yeah. will admit, I just started reading the book. I read it actually when I was on the plane, and I read a good chunk. Mm. But yeah. I just feel like reading that book just makes me want to love so hard. No, for real. It just makes me want to, like, have my chest on and just be like, I'm loving. Like, it just mm. makes me want to love wholeheartedly. Love the little things in my life, but love in an intentional way. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Such a good book. No, we like, are certified lover girls, and I think it comes naturally. And I, I just... And I hate to see, like, how a certified love girl is, like, we give out so much love. And then not seeing that reciprocated or, like, shut down. Um, <laughs> our friend is outside the window. It's so funny. <laughs> but, yeah, it's just, it's just, it's very discouraging. And it just makes you not, like, it makes you lose hope sometimes. Mm-hmm. It definitely does. And it's. It's very traumatizing, too. I think Bell Hooks get it, gets into that as well, especially in the context of children. How, mm-hmm. like, you know, being in dynamics where it's emotionally manipulative, abusive, or toxic, that, like, <laughs> you know, it, it's just, like, you think that's love, but it's not. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, also, since we were talking a little shit about men, this is for the men who watch the podcast, you know, not here to hate on y'all, but I really think y'all need to hear this. And since <laughs> I'm not on social media as of right now, I really think that you would benefit from this. Okay. <clears throat> Patriarchy tells us daily through movies, television, and magazines that men of power can do whatever they want. That is, it's the that it's this freedom that makes them men. The message given males is th- given to males is that to be honest is to be soft. The ability to be dishonest mm. and indifferent to the consequences makes a male quote-unquote hard and separates men from boys. Mm. As, and also she goes on to talk about manhood and how um, like the masculine ident- identity is offered to men as the ideal in patriarchal culture, and it is one that requires all males to invent and invest in a false self. From mm. the moment that little boys are taught that they should not cry or express hurt, feelings of loneliness or pain, that they must be tough, they are learning how to mask true feelings. In worst-case scenarios, they are learning how to not feel anything ever. These lessons are usually taught to males by other males and sexist mothers. Even boys raised in the most progressive, loving households where parents encourage them to express emotions learn a different understanding about masculinity and feelings on the playground, in the classroom, playing sports, or watching television. They may end up choosing patriarchal masculinity to be accepted by other boys and affirmed by authority male figures. And like everyone else, they learned as children to believe that love would be present in their lives, although so many boys are taught to behave as though love does not matter. In their hearts, they yearn for it. That yearning does not go away simply because they become men. Lying as one form of acting out is the way that they articulate ongoing rage at the failure of love's promise. Mm. You know what? I should send that to my ex. I am sending this to all the masculine presenting people (laughs) that have fucked with me, okay? This is for y'all. You're welcome. This is why you can't forget this pussy. I I don't know about chat, but, like, do you feel like you have been more attractive to men who, like, kind of challenge patriarchy? I'm the exact opposite. I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm a fixer. So I'd be like... I can fix you. Oh uh, no! I okay. Then I'm speaking for myself. I feel like I am just more attracted to men who 
challenge patriarchy in their mm. own way. Mm. Like I, I'm, oof, oof. What is them challenging patriarchy? Look I like guess, though? um, I guess just being like very vulnerable and like mm-hmm. open I would say to vulnerability, being vulnerability. Yeah, vulnerability, yeah. like being honest about like how emotional they could be. Like, oh, mm-hmm. I eat that shit right up, babes. Like, what? Eat that shit you right a up. Munch. Yeah, I'll be a munch sometimes. <laughs> I've, I've been out of commission, though, for a couple of years with men, so. But, yeah. I agree. Honestly, though, I've never had a situation where they were already um, challenging. Mm-hmm. I feel like once they met me, I opened their <laughs> eyes. Yeah, very much so. Um, but I think it has made it such a healthier relationship. Like, I would say, like, I think my partner now, the first time we ever did it, he was like, okay. And then he just, not oh. walked away, but he just turned on the TV and that's it. I said, let's talk about it. <laughs> let's talk about what we just did right now. This rendezvous, this wah-wah-wah, this <laughs> wah-pity-wah-wah, how was it, you know? And he just looked at me so surprised. He was like, what the fuck? Like, mm. you want to talk about what we just did? I'm like, yeah, I want to know every detail. Let's replay it in our heads again. Yeah. And... Yep. Now we do it for funsies. We talk about how we could be better, where we went wrong, what, like, what's something we want to improve on, and things like that. Mm-hmm. And we literally talk about it now, laughing how when we first met, we he couldn't, he was amazed that we he even wanted like to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And now he's like, so how was it? He's the one who prompts the question. So I don't know. It just goes to show though, like people can decolonize. Maybe not their pussy, but their dick. <laughs> and really just truly like challenge the patriarchy and really become vulnerable within intimacy and within their sexual experiences. Yeah. I think everyone has potential to do it. It's whether they want to do it or not. Yeah. yeah. And that's why as much as I be talking shit about men, I really love men. Because I'm just like, ooh, the patriarchy, you subscribe to it, but it fucks you up too. And you know it. You know this shit. Yeah, and they and they so bad. You just, uh, I just wish they could stop performing. Like it just be giving me the ick. Sometimes it's just really outside noise. Because if they like were to cut out outside noise, behind closed doors, their munches, they all no, for real, <laughs> they, they all freaks. But like you know, some people like eat they're ass, lover boys, eat ass, please. But I promise you, close them doors, you'll be a munch. <laughs> That's um, not funny. That's release your inner munch. Yeah, no, really. Yeah, that's true. That's just an example, though. There's many more. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, never mind. <laughs> I will say, there's a little controversy. I can't get, I can't get past toes, though. I can't I've, do toes. Okay, I've had my toes sucked, and it was cute. Like, I don't know. I just, I don't know. If I'm presenting person elegantly sucking my toes, it's just like, I feel like I'm like a Greek goddess and I'm just like, ooh, okay. <laughs> Bring me my fruit. And I'm like eating my fruit while my toes are being sucked. I've gotten my toes sucked too. It's a, it's not a bad or good feeling. I just like, okay, maybe this is not for me. At I, I love getting my ass ate though. Oh. oh my god there's this tiktok and it's like this girl dancing and then the caption is like you know her caca stinky by the way she moved that ass and i just giggled and then someone was like "Ooh, i feel so bad for him when he eats ass somebody like was like oh how do you know he eats ass and and then they were like look at her ass like if my oh. girl had an ass like that i would eat it and i was like tell him 
Oh, shout out to the girl who ate my ass the first time. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be thinking about you, girl. Oh, okay. uh, shout out. <laughs> shout out. Is this what we're doing now? We're giving <laughs> shout outs to people we fuck with? She does not listen to this podcast. Uh, uh, that's funny, though. Shout the fuck out. Oh. Nah, I can't do toes, though. I'm too ticklish. I feel like I'll kick you. <laughs> <laughs> that's just me, though. I'm crying. But I respect it. Yeah. I respect the girlies who get money out of it, too. Ooh. Oh, I wish. You definitely can't, friend. You have nice toes. Thanks. Honestly, get money from your boyfriend. Be like, send me $5. You know what's crazy? He be clowning my toes. Are you for real? Yeah, unfortunately. I'm telling you, there's no, I was about to say, there's no love, but there's love, but I'm telling you, he be calling me donkey and shit, like, I don't think you understand, like, there's no babes. It's you like, should be like, but you still eating this cantaloupe. And I really still do, though. I'd be like, but you still munching, so I don't know <laughs> what you're talking about. You're still going to be laid up on this twin XL bed with me. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, that's how that's how I knew I had some good something because I was like, there's no way bitches are coming into my dorm sleeping on this small ass bed for just for fun. For free, for free. Not for me. I knew it was bad when bitches were paying for my Uber from New York to here. I was like, hey, (laughs) nah, that's that's bread. That's real bread, bro. I was like, ooh. When did you know you was comfortable with someone? Yesterday I farted. And <laughs> Wait for the first time? Nah, nah, nah. No, okay, okay, okay. But this was like the first time I was loud as fuck. Oh, like, okay. You be farting and then you just be quiet and I'm like, I smell it. I know you farted. <laughs> <laughs> just say it. No, no. I just, I'm just saying it. But nah, I really I farted yesterday. Like it was like the big ones that you just like who? This thing? Nah, I didn't stink. I don't. I don't stink. It don't stay. It don't make me go. Whoop. Nah. <laughs> but he was like, he was. He literally looked at me. He said, "No, you didn't." And I said, "Yes, I did." <laughs> That's how. Uh, I, I mean, oh my god! I remember I was having um, I had like a little situationship going on, and me and her like we would wake up sometimes, and I, I told her I was like. Girl, I'm really about to just, like, start farting in front of you. Because, like, my farts be coming in in the morning time. Like, right when I'm waking up. I just mm. be getting gassy. I don't know. It be like that. Mm. But, like, I told her, I was, like, I was this close to farting. But I didn't. Because I was, like, fuck, somebody's else in there. She was, like, no, me too. And I was, like, you know what, next time. And I did. I definitely did farted while we mm. were still laid up together. I was, like, yeah, I definitely got comfortable at that moment. I don't know what it is about armpit hair. <laughs> but I just, it, it men's deodorant, but I just... I love it. I, I would yeah, literally yeah, I can like, see Natalia's face right now. <laughs> I would like literally go under your armpit and I was like, <laughs> that shit smells know. good though. I'm no, no, no. And they've all smelled good. Like none of them have smelled bad. Oh, and I love playing. I love playing with people's chest hairs. I mean, like, <laughs> I mean, it's like I'm on a violin or some shit. Uh, I'm a that's how I know. Oh, or popping somebody's pimples. Like uh, I love popping people's pimples. Fair. Mm. Yeah, I've definitely peed in front of them. That's oof. Yeah, I feel like if yeah. y'all showering with each other, y'all oh, definitely. Oh, that's vulnerable. That's so intimate. I haven't yeah. showered with anybody. Really? That's vulnerable. Yeah. Very vulnerable. I don't. I, some, yeah, that's very vulnerable. I don't know some, I, You see my soul type shit. Nah, you see my butt crack and I see <laughs> yours. That shit is what gets me. I don't know. Also, I just find like showering is very an intimate personal thing to do so i'm like for somebody else to be in that space with me i don't know i think it would have to be a real fucking one to do Mm. that shit yeah no i'm said pee 
I'll say the story for the podcast. There was one time I went to his suite, and he was living with other people mm-hmm. that, you know, I was not a friend's fan of, right? And so I was locked in his room. But at this time, we were sneaky links, so I didn't want to go out the suite because all his roommates were outside. Mm -hmm. So as a sneaky link, I was like, I need to know my place, and I have to keep my identity undercover. (laughs) So I cannot leave because then I'm going to be exposed. Mm -hmm. And this is a small school. So, you know, I was like, I need to pee so bad. I'm dying to pee. But if I go, I'll reveal my identity. And he was like, how bad do you have to pee? And I said, I really need to pee. And so I took a trash can and I peed. And I was like, you know I have to pee so bad, I cannot leave this. I cannot reveal my identity as your sneaky link. And my pride is too high. So I will pee in a trash can if I I would have done the same thing. And I did the same. I, I would have done the same thing. Yeah. would have done the same thing. Give me a plastic bag. I'll pee right there. I would have just went to the bathroom. No. I would have been like, fuck it. I don't care. I know shit about you. <laughs> you know what's crazy I really did though I really did but I wasn't that trifling bitch <laughs> you are that doesn't mean the rest of us are oh JK 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 just kidding okay I have to go y'all I have a ther not a therapy I have a doctor's appointment but I think this is the end <laughs> yes 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 um if you wanna finish it off you want oh thank you guys so much for tuning in um I'm so glad we've gotten to this level in our relationship where we can have these uncomfortable conversations with y'all. So, yeah, thank you guys so much. Is there anything y'all want to say before we tune out? Hashtag decolonize that pussy. And the dick, too. Mm -hmm. Period. All right, and that's a wrap. Bye.